0: Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss new virtual health plans and artificial intelligence counselor and the next steps to the COVID-19 vaccine. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 51 for the week of September 21st. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is Y92.74, orchard as the place of occurrence of the external cause.
1: Right. So interestingly enough, um, I've actually had this code used for me. Ah, yes. Um, and as always, this is 100% true. Yes. This actually happened to me. You'd think that... The health insurance companies would just stop insuring me, but uh, <laughs> I have a really good company sponsored plan. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, every year, my family, we go to the apple orchard. You know, it's like ah. a tradition to go pick apples. Um, usually we wait until the Granny Smiths are in season because those are the best for pies, but they also make good uh, applesauce and whatnot. Anyway, right. my brother and I, we're rowdy kids, like we always are, and if you pick an apple that isn't perfect, you know it it has a little rot on it, so it's not really a good apple. you don't want to be paying for bad apples, so instead, we do what any reasonable person would do, and we throw them at each other. Right. So the last year, as we're walking down this row of apple trees, uh, you know, I'm picking apples and kind of singing songs in my head as you do. And I hear, like, from behind me, Alex, look out. And I turn just in time to get smacked square in the face with a big old Granny Smith apple.
0: (laughs) Wow. Granny Smith got her revenge on you, huh? After all these years of baking me, I'm going to smack you in the face.
1: Yeah. So um, that one hurt. You know, I still make fun of him for doing that to me. I keep telling him that I was going to be a supermodel up until he ruined it. You could
0: say that your brother is a bad apple.
1: Definitely. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) There's no doubt about it.
0: (laughs) You belong in the orchard because you're a bad apple, brother.
1: Go go climb up that tree and don't come down because nobody's going to pick you. You're a bad apple. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: get into the news. First up we have, why go to the doctor when you can just visit from your home? There's an increasing patient demand for telehealth, so Kaiser Permanente is launching a new virtual first healthcare plan. It will launch at the beginning of the new year and will center telehealth as a foundational model of care for patients with non-urgent issues. The new plan allows members to reach out via phone, online chat, video, or email. Patients will see the same doctors as they would at any Kaiser Permanente facility. Members can get in touch with their clinicians virtually with the option of in-person follow-up visits. They also have access to pharmacists via telehealth and can get medications delivered in one to two days.
1: If there's anything really good coming out of all of this turmoil over the last year, the rise very suddenly of telehealth seems to be one of them. And one of the, you know, we have effects from kind of the uh, non-statistical, you know, things like um, people are more likely to see their doctor or people yeah. enjoy seeing, or people's health are improving because they have better access to healthcare. You know, those kind of things that are hard to quantify. All the way to things that are easy to quantify like uh wait times in emergency rooms mm-hmm. have a potential to decrease because now instead of going to the emergency room for your sniffles that you've had for the last 2 weeks, people might just call up their doctor via yeah. phone and talk to them or schedule an appointment that way. They feel right. like they can take control of that situation um in a different way that is convenient for them now obviously i'm not advocating for people with emergencies to you know call up the paramedics on skype and be like hey uh i think i'm having a heart attack that's probably (laughs) that that's not what i'm saying but we know that our emergency rooms often have an issue with people who don't have an emergency Mm -hmm. but are there to be seen and and they can't turn people away um so perhaps think, the rise, of I this mean, is really going to help with that.
0: Yeah. From like an from an economic standpoint, do you think this would just drive down health costs as well? Because it's I mean, the supply of in theory, the supply of getting health care administered to you goes up. So it should drive costs down, right?
1: In some ways, I could see it doing that. You know, your yeah. general practice doctor is able to see more people. So therefore, the price can be lower. Yep. but at the same time, you know, doctors are already very overworked and spend a lot of time doing things like updating patient charts. Well, yeah. with more patients, you're going to have more patient charts and more right. notes and things like that. I could see it transitioning the way we manage things like office visits um, to where tasks become delegated in different ways. You know, if you're going to your appointment virtually, it's very easy for uh, a second person to attend that meeting yeah. and be the person who takes notes like their job is just to take notes and even recording those meetings in a secure way so that in the future if there's any discrepancy between these notes and the doctor's memory they can go back and look and they can see mm-hmm. exactly what happened i think that has the potential to you know both revolutionize the way doctors work uh, but also make our care a little more accurate because right. people can specialize in the things that that they're trained to do you know we don't go to college for 15 years so that we can write notes right either
0: way it's nice to see a more permanente insurance option for
1: <sighs> okay and next health. up <laughs> next <laughs> up brightening your mental health journey with lumen researchers at university of illinois chicago are studying an approach to delivering care to those with moderate depression and anxiety through artificial intelligence. The first part of the 2 phase project will develop and test a voice-enabled AI virtual agent named Lumen trained in problem-solving therapy. Patients with moderate, untreated, depressive, or anxiety symptoms will use the app which acts as a virtual mental health counselor. Participants will complete one-on-one counseling sessions over 12 weeks. In each session. They identify a problem that's a source of emotional distress, and Lumen coaches them to define goals and possible solutions. If the results are promising, then the project will progress to a second phase with more participants.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, as we know, I mean, mental health is really bad, especially for millennials and Generation Z, and a lot of this is due to the fact of social media, which has kind of proven to be like a negative byproduct of social media, I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. From a connection standpoint, it sounds good in concept, but over the course of time, as it's been more available, people are getting more depressed because of FOMO or fear of missing out. So it would be interesting to see the results of this study, because if artificial intelligence chatbots are the solution to people feeling lonely and figuring out their mental health problems, uh, that'd be very interesting to see.
1: I'd like to see them take the chatbot a step further, though, and really attempt to make it seem human. Yeah. Right. And and here's why I say this. If I am doing some kind of app to try and help myself, the only person that I am, you know, responsible, the person the person I have to answer to is myself, right? Right. The the robot is not going to be disappointed in me. And <laughs> you know, that extra little bit could be the difference between me deciding to get something done and me deciding, I'll do it next week. You know, I yeah. can work on that next week. It's not a problem. I feel overwhelmed.
0: Right. So
1: it might be interesting to have them test kind of the same, the the same therapy, if you will, but have one pretend to be a real person or maybe even be overseen by a real person yeah. and just see what the results look like um, in those two cases. Because it, it may be worth the extra investment to try and make a very realistic, uh, AI. Yeah, it kind of feels- seems
0: like we're living in a sci-fi movie <laughs> with all these, mm-hmm. with all these, uh, new AI driven technologies and their potential. It seems like we could be living in a dystopian future pretty soon where we don't have to do anything and AI just does everything for us. And all we do is just sit and hang out <laughs> on our phones.
1: Well, at that but- point we will just wear some virtual reality goggles and we'll go yeah. about our lives like normal in our virtual world (laughs) right of course
0: either way it's nice that they are illuminating mental health problems
1: can you please just (laughs) no
0: next up taking a shot on this new vaccine working pharmaceutical company pfizer announced that the firm hopes to have a coronavirus vaccine ready to roll out by the end of the year the company ceo said they should know if the vaccine works by october Pfizer and BioNTech are planning to expand the enrollment of a phase three vaccine trial from 30,000 participants to 44,000 participants. Increasing the trial size will allow the enrollment of new populations. The trial expansion is intended to include adolescents as young as 16, as well as people with HIV, hepatitis C, or hepatitis B.
1: Wouldn't that be an interestingly specific job? Vaccine tester with hepatitis B
0: yeah that's very uh very specific and you have to be at least 16 years old so i mean i feel like you obviously have to get your parents permission to do this so that's going to be a hard group to to get is the 16 year old specifically (laughs) i feel like yeah especially considering an unknown virus that we really still are in the uh infant stages of knowing what it does and all that stuff
1: right and with how politicized it's become you know there's half of the population who's not going to be interested in the vaccine generally, let alone testing. Yeah. Well, so. right.
0: Cause it's going to be a microchip, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not really a, vi- a vaccine. It's a microchip that I've tracks seen
1: the needle that they use to put the microchip in my dog. And <laughs> let me tell you, if I go to get a vaccine and they pull that out, I'm running because <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> that yeah. That'd be beautiful.
0: bad. This is the first time we've had a coronavirus related story in a long time, which is, I guess, a good sign. But also it just could be the result of people are just tired of talking about it.
1: Yeah, I know that's the way we felt. Yeah, everyone's talking about it right now. It's all you can hear on any news program. So we didn't want to just continue that and just keep repeating the same stuff uh, that everyone else is reporting. So this one is one of those milestones, though, where we really have to market in some way and say okay here's what's happened you know if you come back to these episodes a year from now and you Mm -hmm. want to know what was going on in real life because that's that's what this podcast is it's about Mm -hmm. advancements and things that are happening and and news so this one's pretty exciting it looks promising um it also looks like i may have invested in the wrong company so we'll see
0: (laughs) ah right yes (laughs) let's go to our next segment B-R-E-A-C-H, Breach Patrol.
1: It's a breach!
0: All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, we talk about the latest breaches all across the world.
1: First up, they protected our country, so why not protect their data? A cybersecurity breach at the Department of Veteran Affairs potentially exposed personal information of 46,000 veterans. The breach involved an online application that appeared to handle medical payments. VA is alerting impacted veterans about the breach. It will offer free credit monitoring services to those whose social security numbers have potentially been compromised. Veterans will receive more information by mail, which will include steps to take to protect their personal data. Those who don't receive an alert from the department were not affected.
0: Wow. This is the first time in a while we've had a a breach that's not related to uh, either Blackbaud or a ransomware attack. Right. (laughs) 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 <laughs> this one but, seems
1: to be just a good old classic breach.
0: Yeah, nothing like serving your country, um, the best, uh, the, the highest way you can, and then finding out that your personal information has been exposed potentially. Right. But I mean, it does happen. It just goes to show you that, uh, cyber, cyber criminals don't really have any boundaries and they're just going to go after wherever the, the loophole is in the security. Next up, raising concerns about Razor security. A security researcher discovered a misconfigured Elasticsearch cluster owned by gaming hardware vendor Razer, which exposed about 100,000 users' information. This contained records of customer orders and included information such as items purchased, customer email, address, and phone number. The Elasticsearch cluster was also indexed by public search engines. Razer confirmed the published statement about the leak and said that concerned customers can send questions via email.
1: I don't know what an elastic search cluster is I don't know
0: what an elastic search cluster is either but I think it's kind of funny how uh, Razor is like hey you know this happened you bought from us we're not going to reach out to you you got to reach out to us (laughs) I feel like that's just kind of bad customer service but I mean I don't know I don't know what an elastic search is so
1: I'm, I'm trying to find it but it's the definitions I'm seeing are so incredibly technical Um, And an Elasticsearch cluster is a group of nodes that have the same cluster.name attribute. Ah, nodes. Um, You join nodes together and you get a cluster. And then it distributes the data evenly across the different nodes to make searching more efficient, I guess, is is what I'm seeing. I'm probably wrong about this, but please, someone let me know.
0: (laughs) The only thing I have to say about this breach is, oh, nodes. Oh, jeez. Also... It seems that the the cybersecurity criminals here are gaming the system. Because it's a gaming company. Do you understand what I'm saying, Alex?
1: Yeah, I get you.
0: Okay, good. Okay, good.
1: (laughs) And finally, looks like the only thing they're stapling is a breach notification. Office retail company Staples informed some of its customers that data related to their orders was accessed without authorization. Staples has not yet disclosed the incident publicly and it alerted affected customers individually through email. The retailer has yet to determine what information was accessed, but it could contain non-sensitive customer order data, such as names, addresses, and phone numbers. But these details can still serve malicious purposes in emails or phone call scams. The company stresses in a email notification that account credentials and full payment card data remained unaffected by the incident. There's no evidence to point to unauthorized purchases, on a customer's behalf,
0: it's interesting that we live in a world now where uh, non-sensitive customer order data contains your name and address and your phone number.
1: <laughs> right. That's <laughs> like that.
0: that. Like breaches have come to a point that they happen so often that that is considered non-sensitive information now.
1: I mean, it is to be fair, public information. Yeah, you could look well, up someone's name, address, and phone number in the phone book.
0: I suppose, but I know. I mean, I got I got my phone book delivered to me.
1: <laughs> Me too. Recently,
0: a couple yeah. months ago, and I was like, well, they still do these things.
1: <laughs> I immediately threw it in the trash because I'm like, what am I gonna do with this?
0: Yeah, so not that bag of not that bad of a breach, but um malicious purposes, here we go again. There's always some malicious intent behind breaches, unless it's a white hat hacker, which is usually the minority of attacks, right? So if you get attacked by a white hat hacker, um As a company, it's usually a good thing because they're trying to prove that you have issues and then obviously get some services and get you to pay them just so that they can fix it. So, um, yeah.
1: And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross.
0: And I'm Matt Moneypenny.
1: And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.